Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. We are talking to Stacy Cole. Is that how you say her last name, actually? <laughs> I should have. Coyle. Coyle. Okay. Go spring Coyle. <laughs> and she is a customer journey strategist behind Workplace Lemonade. I absolutely love her branding, by the way. If you want some branding inspo, go check out her website. Um, but she helps digital business owners give their customer journey the magical glow up that has ideal clients thinking, oh my God, they get me. And I love this. I love talking about the buyer experience. I think so often we focus so much on lead generation and then we don't think about it after the sale is made. So I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And I am very happy to hear that you enjoyed my branding. I That's an area in my business I like to have fun with. So it's always good to hear that people like it when they see it. I love it. Yeah, it totally stands out. Like every email I get from you, it's like so, it's very on point. I love it. I love all the messaging and copy behind it. So yeah, anyone who's struggling with branding, go get some inspo because you definitely do it right. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about you, your business, your story, um, just for anyone who's listening who maybe hasn't um, connected or heard about you before. Yeah. So like Tara said, I am a customer journey and buyer experience strategist. So basically what that means is I help digital business owners refine their customer journey so that it's clear in their messaging what it is that their goal for their client is, but also the goal for their business. And then because the sales point is not the end of your customer journey, I focus very heavily in on what happens when someone clicks on checkout. How can we make sure that we transition from that pre-sale point into the post-sale in a way that feels natural, that's very smooth, and really helps our digital buyers embrace the product or the service that we're offering so that they get the most out of it and that you as an expert can shine. And I guess in terms of like, how did I come about to be a customer journey strategist? I um, started back in 20, 2018. I, myself and my partner are an international couple. He's from New York and I'm from Ireland, in case you're wondering about my accent. An international relationship can be a little bit complicated, especially if one of you is not ready to like go through the visa process for the other country. And we both have the travel bug. So with my operations background, I dipped my toes into the digital space and VA and support seemed like a natural fit at the time. And that kind of progressed into things like tech and launches. But over the years, what I noticed is that in the digital space, we have a tendency to always focus in on, oh, this new strategy I want to implement. Uh, I want this new copy, this new funnel. And eventually what happens is we're not approaching our customer journey holistically. And we find that things start to fall out of alignment. 
So I started focusing in more on the customer journey and how we can really utilize those assets that we've already invested so much time and money into and continue to make sure they work for us and build an ecosystem that works super well for our business. I love that. Yeah. Cause like, like you said, I feel like so much of them like learning and messaging out there is all about like getting the sale and getting more leads. And a lot of times we don't hear a lot of talk about, and then what? Because having a great experience is like, I mean, it it just makes the whole, like, I'm going to buy from you again, so much easier. hundred percent. And I think, I mean, it's natural when we're thinking about our programs and our services, of course, like we have to realistically focus in on how do I sell this? How do I fill it? And the area of like the creativity that goes into actually creating your product or your service is exciting because that's the stuff that you spark at, that you're really good at. But that area where how we deliver it, how do we allow that product to shine? How do we allow all that effort we put into pre-sale to like shine post-sale is really important. And it's it's a pivotal part of your customer journey. And it's in this day and age as well. I think the focus is shifting a lot away from how do I generate new leads constantly into how can I create an ecosystem where my customers can embrace working with me in different ways and then at different stages in their journey. So by having an elevated customer journey, we give people the opportunity to really enjoy working with us and to get a lot from our services and our products and then to reinvest with us in the future when the timing is right for that next season in their business. I love that. Yeah. And I'm curious. So what would you say if anyone's listening and they're like, I am really lacking and really almost um, ashamed of what I think is my buyer experience right now. What are the first things you can do or like the first steps to kind of focusing in and improving that? Well, the first thing I would say is don't be ashamed. Like by identifying a problem, you're already like at least subconsciously working on a solution for it. And like there are situations where I'm a cobbler without shoes. I don't always nail the experience that I had envisioned or things fall through the cracks. So it's natural that sometimes things don't perfectly align. But when you are focusing in like on how can I elevate this experience? How can I make sure that I am being consistent in my messaging and in my focus on my clients as they move from the pre-sale to post-sale part? I think it's all about planning, putting yourself in your customer's shoes like anticipating their needs. Like as soon as someone hits purchase, what do they need from me in order to really access this program, consume the materials and participate actively? What are the points of friction that I can identify that if I took those away, that is one step easier for someone to actually engage with my program. So we just start looking for those areas of potential friction and we start removing them as we're able to. And the easiest way of doing that is to put yourself in your customer's shoes, go through your buyer experience and think about it from the perspective of, okay, well, if I knew nothing about this program and I knew nothing about me other than it's going to help me with this problem, what would I need at each stage to kind of reduce the questions I have and just help me immerse myself in just consuming and following the path I've set forward? We don't want people asking questions like, how do I access this? Where is this? What time is this happening at? How do I get in contact with this person? So like taking the initiative to try answer some of those things and remove points of friction so people can just focus on the materials and on the experience rather than trying to manage themselves and do like a little project where they have to figure out how to show up 
will be really beneficial in terms of elevating your buyer experience. Yeah. And I think what you said there is key about, you know, if you knew nothing about yourself or your program, what would you need to know? And I think that's where a lot of people struggle because we're so close to our work. We don't think about, you know, how can I make this easier? Like I know where they need to go, but am I making that clear? Like, that's why I think working with you is (laughs) very much needed for somebody who struggles with that themselves. Oh yeah. You're way too close to it. I mean, because you have the mental, you're already many steps ahead of them when you're kind of looking at this. Like if you're looking at your thank you page, you're already thinking on to the next step. You know what's present in the course area and you think, oh, that's got, that's, that's handled. So if you're in the position where you're kind of looking at your customer experience post-purchase and you're like, I'm not really sure where the points of friction are, get someone with fresh eyes to go through it, give them a coupon to use your checkout and just have them report back on what did they think. Someone who's not super familiar with what the process is meant to be will be able to point those things out to you because think about it from yourself as a customer. When you go through a buyer experience, all those points of friction are super obvious to you when it's someone else's. If you can't see it in your own, either it means that there are none, which is wonderful, but if there are potentially some there, it just means you're too close to it and you probably need a fresh set of eyes. I love it. Yeah, it's so true because I know I've I've gone through some like experiences with things that I've bought and I'm like, wow, I love how they did this or like laid this out. Like I don't have it as clear. So then it like sparks, okay, I need to go back and like, look at mine with a more objective kind of view. (laughs) But being objective is hard. We're all like emotionally attached to the things we do and we know why we did it that way, but it doesn't always necessarily translate the way we anticipate it. So sometimes your ego or your your perception has to take a back seat in order to actually facilitate the experience that you really want your buyers to connect with. Yeah. And it it could be little things. Like I just had one of my post-purchase, um, it was actually for a lead magnet. Actually, it wasn't a purchase. It was a... Um, Somebody signed up for a lead magnet and then it's delivered in the email. And I had somebody reply like, how do I get this guide? I don't see a link in the email. And it was because my links were the same color as my headings and they weren't underlined that they didn't Uh, realize that that was a link. And I was like, I knew it was a link because I wrote this email and I did the formatting. But now I see, okay, yeah, I can see how somebody can make that mistake. And this is probably just the first person who's actually reached out, there's probably been several other people who had this issue, but just unsubscribed or didn't even bother to respond to the email and ask. Yeah. I mean, the people who actually actively reach out and tell you about your points of friction are the best people you can ever encounter. Because even if in the moment you feel defensiveness or you feel like, oh no, I can't believe someone saw that or felt that way about me, they're doing you a huge service. They've taken the time out of their day to point out that point of friction. And now you can elevate it and make it better going forward. So the, your next customer who encounters that email will be able to clearly see, oh, there's the link I need to click and you don't need to worry about that anymore. My next question is about, so do you feel like you need to upgrade your customer journey? Is it like based on price point, like for a group program versus maybe like a self-study course? So My approach to buyer experience is that this is someone's experience of me, my brand, my business. These are people who can always be potential future customers. These are people who can always be referrals that can share my messaging and what I do with other people. So in an ideal world, 
everything that you put out there, whether it's a lead magnet, a digital product, a mastermind, you want to take a look at, okay, what is my goal for this thing? So even like a lead magnet, and how can I curate an experience that makes sense in the context of that product or that service? What is going to serve that product or service super well? But then what is also going to highlight that I've thought this out, that this is like, what can you do to make it um, seamless? So in my opinion, it doesn't matter whether it's like a high ticket program versus like a $9 offer. I think we should always strategically think about how we want to deliver that experience. Of course, something like a mastermind is going to be potentially months and months of a continued experience versus like a $9 downloadable. But it doesn't mean that we can ignore the experience on either offer those experiences are potentially going to be a little bit different because it doesn't make sense for me to send three months worth of emails about a $9 product. But I can think thoughtfully about how I want to curate that experience for someone so that they can access it super well, and that they can then see natural steps as to how they can continue on their journey. And then equally with the mastermind, I want to make sure that I continue to craft an experience where people still feel engaged and continue to participate and show up and get value for money. So it's not necessarily like, oh, I have to put the naturally something that's higher ticket is going to have a higher energy input and time input into the customer experience just because it's a longer process. But it doesn't mean that smaller ticket items or lead magnets and stuff aren't a potential area that you can curate an experience for people and make them enthusiastic about potentially working with you again in the future. That is so true. Yeah. I've, I, and I've signed up for so many things and I get the delivery email and then I never hear like any kind of reminder, follow-up, here's who I am, like the person behind it, no, nothing. And then I either forget that it exists and that I purchased it or it just lives in a database somewhere for me to check out later. So yeah, it doesn't give the best experience when I gave money. It doesn't really matter to me as the buyer, how much money I gave. It's like, I gave money I, and I want to hear from you. Like, I want you, I bought this, I have a need, I have a struggle that I'm having and I'm hoping that this can solve it. But if you like, there's no follow-up or no communication, it's very, it's sad. It's kind of weird, right? I mean, it makes sense. We're all very busy and we put these things out and there's definitely uh, an element of, I need to get a first iteration out and then I can come back to it. But we need to make space to come back and kind of innovate on it. That first iteration of how you deliver something might not be the permanent iteration. In terms of your customer experience, I think how we approach it, when you were saying about how it's sad that you don't hear from them, it all comes back to being a good guide. How can we guide people through that digital product to get the most of it? How can we guide them into our world so that they become familiar with us and what we actually do in, in a grander scheme of things? How can we guide people to take steps that we hope that they might consider doing so later in our customer journey or at a different season in their business? So when we're approaching our buyer experience for anything within our business, it's all about putting ourselves in our customer's shoes. And then thinking, how can I be a good guide to this person? And how can I do myself and my business justice as well by communicating with them? At the end of the day, it's all about communication, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like that's a good point. And again, going back to at the beginning about, you know, how many times we just focus on getting a lead in and then converting them to a sale. 
I think sometimes we get stuck in in that kind of mindset, like, oh, let's now move on to the next offer that I can sell instead of, you know, just creating the offer and promoting it. That's not the end. So many people miss that buyer experience. Mm. And then there's also the element of statistically, new leads are less likely to buy from you. Or if they do buy from you, it's, it's likely to be something smaller initially. But someone who's already bought from you is already more likely to reinvest with you in the future. They're also someone who's likely to share your your products and services with other people. And the second easiest person to sell to is someone who's had a direct referral. So if we're always focusing on like fresh leads, which is, of course, important, we don't want to do ourselves a disservice by not actively kind of thinking about how can we retain clients? And how can we create an environment and an experience that encourages them to stay with us and to really benefit from our knowledge and the offers that we have? That's a really good point, too, for everyone to think about, like, what's the last thing that you raved about on social media that you bought or um, referred other people to? And I mean, for me, usually it's the things that aren't necessarily like the best content or the best product, but they had the best communication and experience. I mean, at the end of the day, the people that we connect with are the people that we feel we can communicate with, that they're considering us as a person within their business. The last thing you want your buyer to feel is that they're just another number coming through, that they as an individual don't matter within the context of your ecosystem. So when you're crafting a buyer experience and communicating with them, that helps position them within your ecosystem as a like a full person, like their humanity is acknowledged. And I think when people acknowledge humanity by communicating with people, that's when you start fostering relationships. That's when you start seeing people coming back again. That's when you start seeing people like sharing about you on social media and telling other people like, oh, you've got to work with this person. They're amazing. So I think when we focus, like, of course, we always have data in our business, we're always going to be like, oh, I need to increase my leads, my sales, et cetera. But when we focus on it from a human first pr- perspective, that really kind of helps connect. Okay, well, what do I need to do to make this experience like comfortable, <laughs> welcoming, warm? How can people within my business ecosystem feel like they have a connection to me? How can I connect with them? Because at the end of the day, it's like it, it should be a two-way street, right? Communication should flow both ways. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I know you have a really amazing training. Could you share a little bit about that? And we'll have the the link in the show notes as well. Yeah, on my website, there's a free training. And essentially, it just takes you through a couple of steps as to how you can elevate the delivery of a digital program. So it's it's kind of best suited for live memberships or um, a live course. But essentially, it goes through some touch points that you can take a look at, like potential friction points and areas that you can increase communication and just make it easier for people to engage and participate with your program or your membership. I love that. I'm actually going to send that link to somebody that is in my program because we were talking about her membership and the low engagement or low show up rate. So I'm going to send her that link and be like, I I think this may help you with like having that experience and maybe switching up the emails and making it easier for people to add to their calendar, to show up live, like all those pieces that maybe we are too close to, to see objectively. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time when it comes to participation, if your program and your marketing are aligned, then it's definitely a communication issue. So at that point, it's looking at like, okay, well, what am I sharing with people uh, about the program during like during the buyer experience? What points of friction have I accidentally introduced that's kind of either introducing confusion or doubt or isn't helping people prioritize actually engaging with the content and with the live elements? So it's usually fairly simple stuff. And yeah, that training that you mentioned is takes you through a couple of those common friction points. And if you take a look at those, you probably find that there's a couple that you can implement in your own buyer experience. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to sign up for it too. I can't remember if I already have or not. I probably already have at one point, but I'm going to sign up and actually go through it um, in the next couple of days. So yeah, we will, we will have the link for that in the show notes for everyone to check out. And then I'd love for you to share how you work with people one-on-one or what services or other offers you have available. Yeah. So how I work with people is kind of in two ways. The first way is that I kind of come in like Donkey Kong and try to basically break your customer journey so that we can assess like, what are your customer's experience? I'm that fresh set of eyes that we spoke about earlier. I come in and knowing what your goals are for your customer journey and for your business, kind of identify areas where your customer journey is not supporting either your potential clients or is not supporting the goals that you have in mind for your customer service or your buyer experience. And then once we've identified those areas of potential friction or that that misalignment, then we move into a stage where we're looking at like, okay, let's create a roadmap so that we can bring your customer journey back to where you need it. And for a lot of business owners, especially if you've been in the industry for a couple of years, a lot of it is actually kind of going back to being a little bit more lean. As I said, I said earlier that we often start to compound different strategies and different funnels on top of each other. And then we get to a stage where it's kind of like we need to do some of that so that our ecosystem is working more holistically. Keep it simple. Yes. (laughs) Keep it simple. And it's just easier to manage and it's easier to know exactly what your customer is experiencing. When we have too many elements in the mix, then it becomes confusing for us. And then it becomes potentially confusing for them. So yeah, I work a lot with people to like identify those areas of friction and then create a roadmap so they can kind of bring their customer journey, which includes the buyer experience, back into alignment for their customers and their business. So yeah, majority of the time is through audits and consultation. And then occasionally I hop in back end and help figure it out within the context of your tech stack as well. I love that. That's that's so amazing and so needed. And I feel like, yeah, this is one area where you definitely need somebody who has the the skill set and this second set of eyes that can actually go through your entire process. Because like you said, like layering it of things on, like I know even some of mine, I've like continuously been adding to it. And now it's just like, now I don't even know if it flows very well at this point. So I love that. I know. And then I, but also I'm coming in with no emotional or attachment to anything and little knowledge in terms of like what the actual products and stuff are, other than maybe what's on the sales page. So objectively, I'm coming in with those eyes of, okay, but if I were a potential buyer, what am I really thinking at this point? It can be hard to do it uh, when you're a little bit too close to it to actually figure out, like, okay, what's me overthinking this? And <laughs> what is me actually identifying a friction point here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. We're so close to our own businesses and so in it that it can be hard to separate ourselves. 
I know it's sad. I know. But that's what you're here for. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm here for. So, I suppose I should be glad that that's a thing. But, yeah, I mean, but we all do it. Like I said, that there's often situations where we're cobblers with no shoes in the context of our own expertise. So, there are times where I also need a fresh pair of eyes in my business. So, it's not perfection over here either, but always working towards it. Yeah, that's that just goes back to the, you know, we're too close to it. You're too close to yours. So you need a second set of eyes too. But yeah. And I wanted to say too, like everyone should be on your email list because you send really awesome emails. I love getting your emails and I recognize your emails because I'm so in love with your branding, (laughs) but um, (laughs) I love, I love your emails and I'm vetting my inbox right now, but yours are definitely some of my favorite emails to open. So everyone go get on Stacey's email list as well. Oh, I appreciate hearing that. Sometimes I wonder if I overdo it with the emojis, but I enjoy <laughs> them. So they go in. <laughs> it makes sense. That's your, that's your brand. It's it's fun. It's fun for me to read and it kind of fits with, with your entire brand. So it's perfect. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to share or any like final thoughts or anything? Because I know that this is something so many people need to hear and, and it's kind of an afterthought a lot of times. So I think this is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. I think the one thing I could add, and this is for the person who has a team, and maybe they rely very heavily on a VA or someone who's in the support position to kind of handle some of the buyer experience for them. They're very focused in filling the program and delivering the program and that they have a team member who they rely on to kind of deliver the program to an extent in terms of the communication And I think in that context, it's worth occasionally looking at what's been sent out because something that you may have authorized like three iterations ago may no longer be serving it. But the person who's kind of taking the initiative and running with that for you may not realize how your program or your messaging on the front end pre-sale has shifted slightly and that the communication is no longer in alignment. So it's always a good idea if you're relaunching stuff and you have an established person or an established uh, email assets and stuff that you use to take some time to just go through it just to make sure that it's still in alignment. Because for the person who's managing it for you, they're just trying to do their best, but there's an element of they're close to it as well. So it, it takes a fresh pair of eyes sometimes to kind of go back through it and just make sure that it is still working as a buyer experience and that those assets are kind of reflecting what you have in mind for that iteration of the program. That's a really good point too. Yeah. Cause we're always like changing things up and with our online businesses, each round of a program can change slightly or we add in like different pieces to it. So yeah, that's a really good point to go back and make sure it's all in alignment. And to record it because if we do have support helping us with the delivery side, if you lose someone who it turns out was taking a lot of initiative and making sure that that delivery was super high and then the next person who comes in just isn't familiar with like that t- style of execution, having it um, documented so that it can be followed as a procedure rather than relying on someone's internal initiative um, will really benefit your business as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's a really good point too. Yeah, because I've I've had a team member for over two years that you know, when she left, I was like, I feel a little lost now. I don't even know like how you took this process and like tweaked it to make it your own because we hadn't kept the documentation up to date. 
Yeah, and because you like if you if you're not revisiting those elements from time to time as the business owner or the person leading the actual delivery of the program itself, then you can feel a little bit out of the loop uh, if that keystone person disappears. So it's always worth keeping your finger on the pulse, not micromanaging, but like having an idea of what the delivery elements are like. And what's been said so that you are familiar with that process for your own business. I know it sounds weird to say like, <laughs> oh, you might not know, but it has been my experience that people are like, oh, my my VA just sends stuff out and people show up. So I think it's working, but they, they aren't necessarily reading those emails themselves and seeing what's been said. So it's always good to revisit. Yeah, that's a really good point too. And if it's something that you like a group program that you do a live round every so often, like just having that as like, a task for your launch for the next round. Like it's part of your launch plan that you go in and review and make any changes to that. Yeah. I think of it as in terms of three pillars. So the pillar one is like the filling the program. Pillar three is the program itself. And pillar two is the delivery. And pillar two, for the most part, most of the planning and creation of assets should happen before card opens because creating that stuff on the fly is not really conducive to to crafting a customer experience is kind of very reactive. Like, oh, I need a reminder today mm-hmm. or I need to send this module drop as opposed to like you thought about that and how you can communicate in a way that kind of is holistic as opposed to just like, oh, we need to send something today. So yeah, pitting that as part of your planning stage and carving out some time will really do a lot for your buyer experience. That's a good point. Yeah, because that's when things will fall through the cracks if you're trying to like do it on the fly and oh no, I forgot I was supposed to send a reminder today. <laughs> or Yeah, having that all pre-planned, it's, it's going to be less stressful for you too. Like, Well, yeah, knowing you have those assets in place, it means when you get to the end of cart close and you're super tired because, you know, launching, you don't have to then go, oh, wait, I need to go look at this. That stuff is kind of happening on autopilot to a degree. But also for your buyer, it's, uh, it's going to have consistency. They can rely on you to do some of the heavy lifting in terms of consistently sending reminders, helping them engage with the program uh, or your service so that they're, you're not leaving it to them to kind of go looking for stuff. You've taken the time to do some of that emotional labor for them and they can just focus in on participating and engaging with the program. Yeah, I love that. I could talk to you about this forever because I think it's just so important and so needed. And I know I'm going to like refer so many people in my program to this episode um, and your free training. So yeah, anyone listening, if this is something that you feel like you've not really dedicated a lot of time to, it's okay, but you can go grab Stacey's free training, connect with her, get on her email list and try to make this buyer delivery process much more of a seamless experience for your buyers and clients. Exactly. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk about this. I love talking about it. So (laughs) I'm always happy to share my thoughts on buyer experience. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at thetarotreed.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review 
telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.